Hello, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us today for our fifth and final Workplace Live of 2022. I'm Dan Nieves from the Global B2B Reality Labs team here at Meta, joining you live from sunny Miami. I can't believe we're already at our final live of 2022 uh, and what an amazing year it has been. We've had an incredibly fortunate on a bi-monthly basis to have been joined by a wonderful lineup of thought leaders in culture, leadership, and the employee experience spaces. As those, those of you that tune in regularly to our live series will know, this year we focused on driving conversation around the future of work, gaining insight from our wonderful guest speakers on how leaders should be navigating through, redesigning, and ultimately enabling their organizations to thrive in the rapidly changing world of work. The topic of future work is not a new one. It's been an area of focus in consultancy firms, technology companies, um, and amongst thought leaders for a number of years. But thanks largely to the overnight force change that the COVID-19 pandemic brought to the global workplace it has become a mainstream topic, which every leader and every organization is now focused on. I'm really pleased to be closing out the series with today's wonderful guest speaker, Simrajit Singh. Simrajit is an award-winning keynote speaker, leadership expert, and mindset coach who helps leaders navigate change by embracing a growth mindset. With over 15 years as a speaker and coach on leadership, transformation, and culture building, Simrajit brings a wide range of international experience. He's worked with top Fortune 500 companies globally, has been featured on the TEDx stage twice, and has been a frequent guest lecturer at leading universities. He's also the host of the Beginner's Mindset podcast, which provides listeners with insights from successful leaders worldwide. His inspirational videos have been viewed over 67 million times on his YouTube channel. His mantra, which I love and is serious rules to live by is, I can't change the world, but I can change the world around me. Now, before I hand it over to Simrajit, I just want to remind you that I want to put as many questions to Simrajit as possible from the audience. So please type any questions that you have in the comments as you think of them, and one of the team will get them to me so that I can try to get as many um, as we can before we reach the half hour. So without further ado, welcome Simrajit. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and firstly, where in the world are you joining from? Hey, Dan, it's a pleasure to be here today. I am joining from Jalandhar in the northern state of India called Punjab. And uh, the temperature's just suddenly been dropping here, but I'm sure it's pretty sunny in Miami, Florida. Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Um, maybe to kick things off, I always love to start here. You know, the future of work, it's such a huge topic and it can mean mm -hmm. different things to organizations, particularly in how they should be approaching it. Um, I know you've worked with a number of different leaders and organizations, so I'd love to get your perspective on what does the future work mean to you? All right. I just need to get access to my crystal ball here. <laughs> so I can <laughs> <laughs> no, I would love to give leaders and to those who've tuned in a single answer to that question, but I think it, it lot, a lot depends upon who's leading what, you know, it's all, it's coming down to you. But if you were to ask me, how do I see the future in general, uh, or rather to rephrase it, how should we? we be looking at the future in an ideal scenario i think with a with a mindset of an uh, with optimism with the mindset that yes there are immense opportunities um not with fear not with um, um you know the desire to step back and go back into the status quo but with the mindset of uh, exploration to see what's out there so to me i think it's there's exciting immense possibilities with what technology is enabling this conversation for example um I also believe it's down to the individual leaders of what they make this future out to be for themselves and their teams. So there's going to be parallel universes here, Dan, parallel futures here for uh, led by leaders. Uh, so, and we all have access to that crystal ball. 
right? And that's our mindset. It's how we look at things. Is there, do, do you as a leader feel all oh, the best days of you and your business are behind you? Or do you feel the best is still yet to come? Are you excited about change? Are you scared about change? Does uncertainty really throw you off? Or is it something that motivates you to, you know, really catch up, grab hold of those opportunities? What we're going through um, at the moment, change management experts, they have this three-step model. It's called the unfreeze. And then the change happens. And mm -hmm. then the refreeze happens. I believe we are going through historically one of the biggest uh, unfreezes then at the moment. You know, where it's our question, our moment to ask why we're doing what we're doing. It's our moment as leaders to step back from the status quo and question things and to reevaluate things and not to rush back to the status quo and to see what new possibilities we can create for ourselves, for the world in general. So I'm excited about the problems we will solve, the vaccines we will create, the hunger we'll, we will eliminate, the expansion onto you know humanity becoming a, a multi-planetary species and all those sort of big things. And we have the possibility, the wherewithal, the technology and the desire to do that, you know, so I'm really excited about what the future holds for us. Uh, I, I love that. I love like the, you know, the promise of the opportunity. We're going to talk more about the growth mindset uh, in just mm -hmm. a few minutes, because uh, I know that that is a, a topic near and dear to your heart. Uh, Absolutely. I kind of want to, you know, you talked about sort of like we're kind of moving from uh, into this kind of next period, right, where there's going to be obviously a lot of change and a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, you have the opportunity to spend time with, you know, a number of business leaders. I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, um, how can leaders really excel, right, in their future work, right? And, and maybe a second part to that is how can they upskill themselves for, for these new opportunities that we'll see in this next chapter of work ahead of us? Um, you know, leaders excelling, I think it's really important, you know, what happened because we, we have this virtual studio we created when I was giving virtual talks during the lockdowns and all that. And we didn't use it for an extended period of time, you know, because I was busy with in-person presentations. And then like a month later, we switch all the devices on and everything needed an update. Every piece of software, every piece of hardware needed an update, <laughs> including myself, because I had to navigate my, you know, my muscle memory. There was a little bit weak about how to navigate with all the equipment here, which I was so used to was second nature during the COVID times. So it's important to, you know, to continuously upgrade yourself. It's, it's important that leaders follow a basic model. And I teach this to companies across the world. It's the LEARN model, the acronym LEARN. L for continuous learning and not just learning, unlearning, relearning as well. T-shaped learning and the future will belong to people who have T-shaped expertise mm. with the top line of the T extending across domains. So you have a great overview of what's happening across the world in different sectors, different countries, economies. And then the this line of the T going deep into one particular uh, domain expertise, you know, so T-shaped learning. Learning with the beginner's mindset. The Japanese have this wonderful philosophy mm. of the beginner's mindset. And I read this quote, which goes something like this. In the expert's mind, there are only a few possibilities. In the beginner's mind, there are plenty. So we need mm. to be beginners again in this changing era. So the simple model is learn, L for keep learning, E for empathy. Put empathy at the heart of everything that you do. Empathy for your customers, for your internal, external customers, for the society at large, for stakeholders, for the world, for the communities that you live in. Uh, put design thinking at the heart of all your products and services. So learn, empathize, adapt. So that's the A of the learn model, adapt. You know, you cannot just hang on to things you were very good at 20 years ago 
but you know, and being all nostalgic about it, but because we're not going to back to that. It's a new world. We need to keep adapting the agility, how quickly we can adapt to change, how quickly we can, uh, how much, you know, can we replace the fear around change with the curiosity, for example, let's see how this shapes out rather than backing mm -hmm. off from it. So learn, empathize, adapt, rejuvenate, because these changing times are going to be very hard for the teams and everyone. So make prioritize emotional well-being, prioritize the sense of community, psychological safety leaders need to, um, with all the layoffs and so, so, so many other things happening in the economic scenario, to tell them we're here for you, you know, we'll, we'll, um, we got your back. And even in day-to-day -day operations, and the N is to navigate north. The real job of leadership is mm -hmm. to declutter, is to simplify and say, guys, this is our north. And the north will keep changing, it'll keep evolving, but Absolutely. ensure that you, you're communicating that direction to your team. Um, that's really important. So yeah, I think the simple model will really help. Oh, that's fantastic. I, 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 I think there's so many good aspects to that, right? Not only just purely like, how are we building new skills, right? But then you touched on sort of the, the emotional well-being, right? And the psychological safety, right? So many like uh, aspects, right? To really leading through change, right? And again, you know, like you said, there's uh, a lot of opportunity, right? Still ahead of us, what we will create, what we will build, right? And so being able to sort of embrace that, like you said, with the beginner's mindset. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. I'm, I'm curious, and maybe you could, uh, as a quick follow from that, you know, we think about, you know, leaders upskilling, you talked about the LEARN model, um, kind of, can you share a little bit about the importance of you know bringing that growth mindset uh, into a leadership's toolkit and how they can help them be successful right in this new world of work? Yeah, definitely. I think it was Professor Carol Dweck at Stanford who first um, got the word used to this term called the growth mindset. It's been around in different shapes and forms, and you know since uh, medieval times. Before that, you know, in, in one way or the other, it's been with us the growth mindset. Couple of things I think why it's very important in this current scenario. Number one, the growth mindset will help you replace your fear around change with curiosity. And look, wherever any corporation or any individual is today, it's thanks to a huge amount of curiosity that they had, the risk-taking ability. So it reduces your, your ability to not take setbacks personally as a leader. Your ability to roll up your sleeves and say, hey, there's a new piece of technology here and we would want to see how this works out for us. Even if that, uh, even if that puts you in an uncomfortable situation where as a leader, you don't know how it's going to shape out how it's going to impact what they, you know, and your ability to do that is very, very important. Um, I think a growth mindset enables you to try things that you haven't tried before, um, instead of just rejecting them, which is mm -hmm. the usual human reaction to diff changing times. Instead of re uh, rejecting new things, you have this curiosity. So the old saying goes, curiosity killed the cat. I think um, curiosity was framed on wrong charges. It was ignorance that killed the cat. <laughs> Let's settle this debate today. It was ignorance that killed the cat. <laughs> Do you know what? There's this interesting episode from The Office, uh, not The Office, the physical office, the office, the Netflix series office, where Pam, the receptionist, um, there's this guy who wants to sell a new console, a new telephone console, which would technically make Pam's job obsolete. and. This guy wants an appointment with Michael Scott, who's the regional manager of Dundam yep. FM there. And she, every single time he turns up, she tells him he's not there, he's not in the office, he cannot see him, even if it's right there. And then with their video camera interview, she goes there and says later on, you know what, that gadget is going to take away 75% of what I do, so I'm not letting this guy in. But and <laughs> <laughs> we laugh at that, and I quote that in jest because uh, that's probably the default reaction of many people to new tech, new changes. But it, it is not the best for our growth as teams, as companies and organizations, because tech will free up 
so much time for us and so much effort on jobs which were previously boring. So we are now free to do things that human beings do best. Empathize, make connections, make introductions, take risks, execute, envision, do so much more. Yeah, I, I, but you're right though. Change is hard, right? You, you know, both as like from an individual standpoint and then thinking about that multiplied across right an organization, change is, mm -hmm. is difficult. Um, you know, one of the things you mentioned, and I really love that, you know, sort of replacing the fear with curiosity, right? Really sort of embracing that. Um, mm -hmm. I think what one of, you know, we think about the opportunities ahead, right? One of the really interesting things is, you know, we're also going to have, you know, a new generation of leaders, right? That will enter the workforce and eventually, right, uh, step into leadership roles. And so I'm, I'm curious, you know, I would love to get your thoughts, you know, how can organizations today, right, start to take some steps to prepare this next generation, right, of talent and their future leaders for what the workforce of the future will look like? Do you know what my biggest concern, and, and a lot of business leaders share this concern, is what's going to happen to building strong cultures in, in a hybrid work environment? What's going to happen to that natural assimilation where people used to pick up how things are done around here by actually being physically present there? What's yeah. going to happen to the old way when new, newcomers used to come in and not only attend the HR orientations, but also spend time with people, you know, socializing and doing so, doing so many other things. So I think one of the top concerns, and here tech can help big, bridge the gap, you know, with new technology that's coming in, is how to connect people so they can communicate in a hum human way. And then, then the whole idea of this hybrid working becomes more feasible, you know, then the culture part is not a concern anymore. So I think the top priority for to train the next batch of leaders should be building the right culture. Leaders need to spend more time engaging because the engagement numbers right now overall haven't looked very good in years. Here's a su surprising bit, Dan. Engagement numbers actually went up during the pandemic, which means in crises we lead in day-to-day -day operations, we go back to managing people. And management, my friends, is valuable, but it's not a substitute for leadership. During the crises, we roll up our sleeves, we jump in, we're communicating more, we're relaying more information, we are hands-on, we are there, we are leading, we're inspiring, we're mentoring, we're solving problems doing because there's a crisis at hand. What if we could have more of that on a day-to-day -day basis? What if all, all of us across the world, where parts of different companies and different organizations don't just slip back into management? you know, which is maintaining the status quo. Man, management is important, but leadership is challenging the status quo. So uh, you need to be present more often, connect more, build cultures, spend more time building uh, those cultures. And um, I think helping people collaborate um, from, because w what will happen in this new world of work is, it's it's not uh, important where you are. Look, look at this conversation today. You're in Miami, Florida. I'm in Jalandhar, Punjab, and, and our viewers are from across the world logging in. Um, where you are is becoming irrelevant. So people, organizations will be hiring talent from all different corners of the world. What it will, the primary thing I think um, in business excellence or team excellence or leadership excellence is how to bring these people closer together with a sense of meaning and purpose so that it doesn't just become transactional. And that's the biggest risk out there, Dan, at the moment, is that business becoming, oh, sorry, work and employment becoming purely transactional. I log in, I'll do what you've assigned, and then I'll log off, and that's pretty much it, right? And that's not how great things happen. That's not how great corporations are built. That's not how great societies are built. People need to go above and beyond and mm -hmm. do so much more. That's the number one risk, and I feel with the right leaders stepping in with the right mindset and the right skill set, this gap can be bridged. Yeah, it's such a... There's a couple of things there that that I uh, one uh, you know you talked about this that more and more right it's it's less about where you are and you know I heard someone share 
you know, work used to be a place you go, right? But now it's something that you do. And so, and I think in one way, right, it's phenomenal because it will open up even more opportunity, right? Where people can be spread across the globe, right? And be able to do work that's meaningful for them. But you talked about, you know, that the engagement actually went up during the course of the pandemic, right? And they were sort of, you know, leadership and people were navigating the change and really leaned in. And then, you know, we've started to kind of maybe slip back more into some of the day-to-day management. So it's it's quite fascinating, right? Sort of in those times of crises, right? It brings people together and it's like, how can we then take some of that um, and continue to build that, right? Into like the leadership toolkit as we move forward, because you're right, it will only become increasingly more challenging, right? To build those right. meaningful cultures as we're more and more distributed and and dispersed, which is great in terms of flexibility and economic opportunity, right? But it then does require new skill sets and behaviors, right? To really be able to build strong team dynamics, strong cultures that can really mm-hmm. thrive, right? Not just simply exist. Definitely. So the reskilling should also be at the top of every leader's list. Reskilling. How are we going to reskill our people so that they thrive in this new economy? Um that might be a great a great segue. I we started you started to touch on this uh you know a little bit obviously the the impact of technology in the in the workforce and the workplace as well. So um would love if you could share a few examples or you know some of the positive use cases for how technology can really augment right the human connection, not replace but augment um, and really help enable greater community building at work. That's great. I mean I'd, I'd love to share a personal example there if I may. We when we were building this whole software and hardware to get this virtual studio up and running. We thought we had everything in place, you know, so the, the mics, the lighting, the everything, right? The cameras, everything. But we missed one very vital human psychological need that is a need for eye contact. Even if you're on a Zoom meeting, right? We, we overlooked it. Yep. We thought we were, we were very good. We were very cool with all this uh, gadgets out there. So I did this talk for a bunch of uh, teachers in Abu Dhabi and, you know, towards the end. Went very well, you know, all the, uh, every flashy piece of uh, things, everything going fine. But towards the end, the director of that organization had one little piece of feedback for me. He said, you know, I noticed uh, perhaps you were not able to maintain eye contact with the audience. And I really took that to heart and we worked on it. And that single piece, that single improvement was greater than all of the pieces of technology combined together, right? So... We we worked. There's always a solution out there. If you have the desire to, if you put empathy first, if you put that human connection first, you will find the solutions. And the, to understand that technology is not a replacement, it is something to supplement. It's a medium. So I think the the opportunities are endless there, Dan. Whether it's uh, prototyping, whether it's design thinking, whether it is um, um, training and learning and development, or scenario playing, or you know, sales and marketing, for example or helping people on diversity training or so mm-hmm. much more with all the technology out there. Um, wherever it helps the bridge the gaps which currently exist, I think that's a win-win for everybody. If, if technology can come in and bridge gaps of how we talk to each other, how we connect, how we work together as teams, how quickly information how, uh, is transmitted with what amount of clarity, it, you know, we, we will flourish because in the speed of execution improves. The level of trust goes up, right? If people are spaced apart and they're not they're not having a piece of technology or hardware or software that's enabling that connection, the level of trust is going to drop after a period of time. You, we need, uh, so, they, and there are new technologies coming up all the time, you know, uh, the, um, with, you know, whether it's uh, virtual reality or augmented reality or so many other tools, um, and they're all out there. Yeah, no, I, I, and again, I think the point you mentioned around really being able to bridge the gap, right, create those connections, it's so important. And, um, you know, you talked about building trust. And I see we, we have a, a question that's come in, so I want to um, uh, throw it to you as well. Obviously, right, 
building sort of strong team dynamics and cultures can be increasingly more challenging, right? As folks are more distributed. Um, but the role of trust is so important, right? In sort of building a very thriving team culture and DNA. Um, what are some of the ways that leaders could think about really building those trust-based relationships in a more hybrid environment? You know, um, the daily huddle, if you can't do it in, in, in person, do it virtually. But tell people, for God's sake, tell people what's going on. You know, get a conversation started about where we are going, what are we starting, what are we stopping, what are we continuing, what's going on. Um, involve them and um, don't just make it transactional. You know, don't just make it limited to the tasks only. Save that little five minutes, the end of a Zoom call, just for socializing like you would around a water cooler or in the cafe or wherever it happens to be. Um, and also, um, you know, schedule time specifically for networking or have external experts, coaches and trainers and so many other people who can facilitate deep dialogue even through these mediums. And we've done it in the past. And, you know, you just mm -hmm. need the right people with the right skill set, right tools and right activities. People sing, dance, connect, open up, share, have conversations on Zoom. Right, so it's 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 your creativity. Don't 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 let it be limited by a flat screen in front of you. You can come up with creative ways if your team is spread across the world. But I think two or three things to sum up the, my answer to that question: tell people what's going on, communicate more often, right, and listen in a way that they feel involved. Even those who are not turning up because they're already feeling left out to some extent, maybe perhaps in some corner of their mind, as as a leader, if you can make them feel involved and keep them in the loop of what's going on, um, you see the engagement levels will go up. So, yeah. Well, that that's great. And I feel like especially, right, I think one of the, we talked, you, you mentioned about reskilling. I think even uh, thinking about how we over-communicate, right, as we move forward in a world of work will be really important because, again, right, just there's going to be a need for people to have the right context, the right information, the right awareness, and that becomes just even more challenging, right, if we're not in the same physical space anymore. And so, uh, love that. Make sure, you know, listening, keep them involved in the conversation and communicate, right? Let people know what's going on so you can bring them along uh, together with you. Um, I cannot believe we're, we're quickly running up on time here, which is uh, hard to believe. So I'm going to throw um, one more uh, sort of bonus question to you here. Um, you know, obviously, there's been a lot of talk not only about the future of work, but the metaverse as well. So, uh, you know, kind of as we wrap for the morning, I'd love to hear your, you know, your take on how do you think the metaverse is going to change work? I'm personally very excited about it. Um, what, what, you know, I'd love to get my hands on one of the Quest Pro headsets, and um, they, they because the features that I've heard about and seen in videos are very exciting. Where you, whether it's personal productivity, whether your ability to project your screens in different places, or having Zoom meetings with your avatars, or you know, with those 3D faces, or prototyping, or design thinking, or so many other applications, all the way from surgery to training future pilots and so many other things. So uh, I, I think it's um, it's going to be the next big thing because what we're seeing at the moment is just the tip of the iceberg um, in terms of when any new technology comes out, the hardware and software as it improves exponentially, which eventually happens as more developers get onto that uh, medium and we see, you know, they, they use their creativity to come up with all sorts mm -hmm. of apps. Um, it's very, very exciting. You know, with the stuff that, what with what, what can happen with AI and virtual reality and augmented reality, some of the, just for common people, some of the apps out there are mind-blowing, you know, with these, whether it's what you can do with your photos or what you can, what the bots can do now. And this is just the beginning. So the same, I, I feel, Metaverse is going to do with, um, especially with hybrid work, especially with collaboration and innovation, because you can do so much more prototyping and 
if you can meet with colleagues scattered across the globe without traveling physically to that location and have uh, a conversation that really takes you to a decision point in execution, see how fast governments can move, see how fast organizations can make decisions quickly, how faster you can launch products, how, how much more you can involve your freelancers and the gig workers scattered across the world. So I, I just think the, the possibilities are endless, and I'm personally very excited about what the metaverse will bring in 2023 and, and beyond. I think that I think it's great. Um, I uh, and I have a lot of thoughts. I it made me think about you know we're at the beginning of a journey, the tip of the iceberg, sort of that beginner's mindset, right? That you know there are endless possibilities ahead of us as we think about yeah, how the technology right. can really help um, how we work together as one. Um, we know we've got we've got one more uh, one more question uh, coming in uh, that I'm going to to share here, um, and maybe this is a good way to, to wrap up. But Simurgy, you know, we talked obviously about you know a lot of change. There's a lot of opportunity ahead of us, but embracing that change can be difficult, right? There's uncertainty, there's complexity in the world that we're in today. Um, and so what advice would you give to leaders, right? To really be able to thrive um, you know, in this world and as, as we move forward? I think my top advice there would be to develop a positive outlook, you know, sit down with yourself and just reflect on this. Do I talk about, uh, you know, what's my general opinion on life? Do I think my best days are behind me or, uh, or they're ahead of me, right? And that's just a simple question. How much time every week do I spend complaining versus how much time a week do I spend learning, right? What, uh, when I'm speaking with my team members, um, what am I sharing more often? What is going wrong in the world or what is, the, what, what are things which are working well? What are the new possibilities that are emerging? How am I redirecting my own thoughts and those of my team members? So some critical questions to ask there. And if I have to break it down into a few simple steps, I'll say start by developing a positive outlook on the future. You know, we talk about a VUCA world, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous, and it's always been a VUCA world. Life has always been uncertain. At 10,000 BC, when we were hunter-gatherers and living in caves, it was the day was uncertain. You wouldn't be sure whether you would have enough food for the day or not, right? Or when humanity progressed to agriculture, it was uncertain. Every stage, there's been massive uncertainty. And that's reality. That's the nature of life. Leaders who learn to thrive on this and use this as a tool to drive themselves and their teams forward instead of this becoming a force which scares them will be the ones that we need in these changing times. And I think getting in touch with your humanity and connecting with the humanity of other people, the human aspect of other people will propel you to great heights because as technology frees up your time, you will have more time to do what you do best, what humans do best, create, innovate, think, empathize, entertain, humor, as uh, sarcasm, for example, bots and robots, they can't do all those things. I know they, one of the universities is coming up with a lol bot where they're going to program a robot with jokes. But hey, you know, it's only a human being. There's, look at this mirror neurons. I laugh and you laugh. And probably some, some of our some of our viewers will also smile. Yeah. <laughs> so these are things bots and technology won't be able to do for a while. And that's a unique human opportunity. So don't let this intimidate you. Let it excite you to what you can create and how you can lead your flock to the, the next level. Amazing. Uh, well, I think that that is an excellent way for us to to wrap. I can't believe how quickly the time has gone. But uh, first off, I want to say thank you, Simranjit, for being such a fantastic guest. I think we covered a lot of ground. I loved uh, you know hearing more about the learn model, the growth mindset, moving from fear to curiosity. Uh, so many good bits for today for us to take back and for our viewers to take back. So a big thank you again uh, for joining us. Um, and also for everyone who's who's been watching, uh, thank you for sharing amazing questions. Thank you for joining us today for this live. 
um, and being such an engaged audience. Um, if you enjoyed today's conversation, um, and if you don't already, I would highly encourage you to follow Simrajit uh, across the social media channels and tune into his podcast, The Beginner's Mind. Um, as I mentioned, this is our last workplace live of 2022, which is so hard to believe that we're, we are here in December, but um, make sure to subscribe uh, and follow our accounts to stay in touch with our plans as we move into the new year. Um, and if you want to explore and learn more about uh, the future of work, you can do so um, at meta.com backslash work, uh, which you can access through the QR code that is showing on your screens now. Um, and again, a big thank you to everybody for uh, your time today, for the conversations that we've been able to have throughout the course of this year. And again, a big thank you, Simrajit, to you, um, an incredible perspective. So I want to wish everybody a fantastic uh, December uh, and a very meaningful close to this year. I hope you all take care and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks a lot, Dan, for being such a wonderful host. And um, this has been a wonderful conversation. Namaste. Thanks, Simrajit. Thank you.